Welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Hi. So good to be here today. It's book club. I love book club week. Me too. Actually, I love every week because I just I love know. talking with you and I love talking with about books. I know. And I really needed it today. Me too. Like, Ooh. my back is like sore, I think, just from tension. Just so like, much. Yeah. Stress and tension and tension and tension. And it's like, I'm sore now. I haven't done any exercising. <laughs> I should not be sore. You should not be sore, but you're holding it all. Yeah. Tensely in your muscles. In my back. Do you like, know what I'm... Ugh. I'm sorry to hear that. I know. Do you know what I'm really excited for? What? Halloween is around the corner. <gasps> I just bought a shirt. Ah. Oh, Can so I tell excited. you I the know. shirt that I yes. bought? Yes. It is, is it relevant. the Boo This yes! Books? I saw it online and I was I like, know. I need this shirt. You bought it. I bought it. Oh. It's so cute. It's okay, so cute. Explain it again. I okay. Was, I got really super excited there. I sorry I stole it I've from been you. looking at it like over and over, and then last night I pulled the trigger. This is my rule. When things pop up like ads like that, yep, it totally and that was. I really want, I say to myself, if it pops up again, I can buy it. Okay. So I've only seen it once. I'm waiting for it to pop up again. I think I saw it like 18 times. And then you bought it? Yeah. Okay. I saw it a lot of times because I just kept going like, oh, it's just seasonal. It's, no, but it's so cute. Oh, I love I don't care. I'll probably wear it year round. I have a boo, just says boo, mm -hmm. sweatshirt that I do wear all year round too. So I like Halloween. So this is the shirt though. It's orange. Okay. And it says books. Like lots of O's books. and then books, right? And then above the word books is um three ghosts. It's so cute. They're so cute. It's so cute. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait for you to get it. I and I hope that ad pops up again. Multiple times a week. Now that we've talked about it, I know my phone is listening. <laughs> Pop the ad it up. It probably with is books. listening. Watch out. Let's see. Now I'm going to tell you, <laughs> listeners, if I get that ad today, I'll let you know. I know. I'm like sending the vibes to my phone to Give show me, me the, the ad shirt. so I can buy it. I've seen some others. The other night I was having a rough night. And so I just got on like Gap, Old Navy, Target, and was just looking Retail at Halloween therapy. stuff. I didn't order anything. I just was looking. But there were a few that I was like, ooh, yes. There's one. I can't remember if it was... Oh, I think it was Old Navy, maybe Target. I don't know. That was ghosts, but the way they're positioned, it looks like a peace sign. Oh, cute. It's really cute. So I got my eye on a few. I know. But I also know that I probably have enough. I start October 1 wearing Halloween outfits. Yes. And I, I teach kindergarten, <laughs> so it's like my uniform. Totally acceptable. I'm not crazy. It's completely acceptable. <laughs> I probably have enough to not have to rewear anything twice. So should I really be buying more Halloween shirts? No. I think even Halloween but, styles change. Yeah, I want. It's, it's there's fun. There's a shift. There's yeah. like new punny things, and <laughs> oh, there's just so much. And it's I so love fun. it. I just I love Halloween too. so much. I have more Halloween clothes than anything else. Well, because it's the most fun clothing yeah. to wear. And I can't wait till October one so I can start wearing them. Seriously. Anyway, you're not here to listen about our Halloween attire fetishes. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> if you just send us the links if you found something really cute. 
for Halloween. Please do send me the link. Um, today is book club. We're talking all things How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Nagamatsu. Yes, super excited. Talk about it. But first. And confused. <laughs> um, but it will be a good discussion. But first. Yes. We need to announce October's book club pick. Like, we look forward to picking an October book so much. Mm-hmm. And I think we found the perfect one. Drum roll, Jamie. <laughs> Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. I am so excited. I'm so excited because I've had this on my list. It's already on my holds for the library, so I was waiting for it anyway. You lucky duck. It was 18 and weeks out for me, so I'm like, so yep, you're not going to get it. it. Yep. Well, mine is still five weeks out, so we'll see how fast it goes if I get it in time. However, either way, I'm super excited. I know. For a creepy... It used the word gothic in the description, <laughs> a gothic vibe, so nothing screams Halloween more than that. I know. Tell us about it, Okay, Sarah. here is the synopsis. The New York Times best-selling Queen of Twists returns Ooh. with a family reunion that leads to murder. Family reunions in and of themselves are scary. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they sure can be. They can be. Um, after years of avoiding each other, Daisy Darker's entire family is assembling for Nana's 80th birthday party in Nana's crumbling gothic house on a tiny tidal island. Finally back together one last time, when the tide comes in, they will be cut off from the rest of the world for eight hours. The family arrives, each of them harboring secrets. Then, at the stroke of midnight, as a storm rages... Nana is found dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and an hour later, the next family member follows. Trapped on an island where someone is killing them one by one, the Darkers must reckon with their present mystery as well as their past secrets before the tide comes in and all is revealed. With a wicked wink to Agatha Christie's and then there were none, Daisy Darker's unforgettable twists will leave readers railing. I that sounds so as fun. As they're describing it, I'm like, and then there were none. This yeah, is a, and yeah, then yeah. there were none. Which and is yes, classic. Is. Yes, so classic. If you haven't I'm, read, and then there were none. Read and then there were none. Can I, I say? Okay, I have a child. Best. My children are not readers. How did that happen? I I we don't, don't need to talk know. about that yeah. today. It's kind of a sore subject. But <laughs> I have a daughter who struggles like reading and then comprehending. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, in middle school, um, had an English teacher who they would read a book that was a movie. Mm-hmm. And then they would watch the movie after they would read the book. And they read it together as a class. So they were okay. reading on their own other books. But the one that they read as a class that was a movie that they'd watch a movie. And they did. And then there were none. Mm-hmm. And my daughter loved this experience so much. Oh. Like, she would talk about it. Every day she'd come home and be like, guess what happened today? Oh, I love it. So excited. Yes. And so now she is like Agatha Christie, huge Agatha Christie fan. I've only read like one or two of hers. And Reagan has read a bunch who doesn't read. And Agatha Christie is a harder one to follow because she brings in a lot of characters. Yes. A lot of characters that possibly could have done. Like you really. You have to pay attention. And then there were none. We had when we when I read it, 
with my kids, we had a we have a whiteboard. <laughs> we had character lists and their backstories so that we could keep track of them. Oh, there like, you go. I it's not easy. Yeah. So that's awesome that that I know. She, and you know, it was hooked. being read out loud. Yeah. Which made a big which difference for, for her. her. Um, but I just so now I'm like really excited. That anyway, it just yeah. is an added bonus. Added bonus. That it's yeah. it's similar to that. I love those little Catch his stories for readers. I know. Yay. That's fun. Cool. I'm really excited. So listeners, get it on your hold list. Apparently. Fast. fast. Yeah. Or buy it. Or check out the book from your library. Yep. However you can get it. Get it. Start reading. Start listening. But today. I think this is going to be a good one. I think so too. It gets great reviews. Yeah, it really does. So. I'm excited. Okay. How high we go in the dark. And we begin. Spoiler alert. Here's your spoiler alert. We will be talking all things. In and out. Um, how high we we go in the dark. So be ready. Wow. This is a really complicated book. It is. I And I think like whenever I read a sci-fi, which is not my go-to genre. It's sure. actually my least favorite genre. Because my brain has such a hard time visualizing imagining or like imagining the this i am very much i have a picture in my head when i'm reading yeah i construct it all and i can see it in my head yes and when i read sci-fi i can't construct because these are not real i think I in particular i think i see what you're saying because i do yeah. the same thing i build i like to have the scene in my brain um i think this one added to the difficulty of that by having so very many different stories. Right. So this is all just little short stories. Yeah. All based on this plague. Yes. There's been a frozen Neanderthal woman, Annie, that has been discovered. And and with her discovery, the release of a frozen virus that comes out and affects the world. So we've got all these short stories, a different people all over the world and how they're affected by this, what their experience is and different ways of dealing with it, different theories, doctors, all of it. Right. Which is fascinating. Totally. Super interesting. Some of them, I like the pyramid in the dark, the building of the pyramid in the dark. I don't know what to think of that I or know. what it meant. I don't either. Actually. Like, what was that? I, I want to know. know. I, I, that one was a little much. Like over my head. And the, I could visualize that one. I visualize these people in the dark. Yeah. Building on top of each other. But were they actually dead? Or like somehow in a coma, like an altered state of mind? What? And therefore they like were in the same plane of consciousness and talked to each other. Because yeah. they didn't seem dead. Because remember how they like helped the baby get out? Yeah. And I think the baby was like sick and then got better. Yeah. Because they lifted him out. Like, that was a little confusing. Yes. But I understood it. Yeah. Like, them talking to each other and, like... Yeah. Interacting. It was weird that they went to places where they, like, relived their past. That was different. But you could, like, step into someone else's past and, like, see. And see. Is that the same one where it was, like, the bubbles? You could see into all the different bubbles? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I... Ah. A little bit confusing for me, like, putting that together and seeing... I guess I am looking for like connection between yeah, the stories. And I want someone to just come right out and tell me. I don't want to have to come up with my own idea. Yeah. 
I'm a lazy reader. And my own idea is probably way off, but it's fun to be like, wait, well, what was your idea on that? What was your idea on that? That one was really, that was probably the most out there one for me that I struggled with. Yeah, it did feel like, okay, it sounds like they're in comas, and because they're all in the same level of consciousness, they can speak to each other, but that was, that's, that's far reaching. Are they in a coma or are they just like, so, so sick? Are they sick or are they put into this sleep to survive through the virus? Oh, like, oh, like, like hyper sleep? Frozen state. You know how you can, like, they do that on the spaceship later in the book. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, not that. maybe they are, but sick. maybe they are. I don't know. I don't. But then why would they need to save the baby? Well, yeah. If they were just all sleeping. That's true. Um, what did you think about, um, the theme park that you go to die, the oh euthanasia theme park. Oh, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Awful. Yeah. Heartbreaking. But yet. Fun way to die. A fun, like if you know your loved one's going to go, how creative is that? Like we're going to go, we're going to spend the best last day together as a family. Yeah. And then to put your child on the last Roller coaster. Roller coaster where you know they're going to go, which you know they're going to go anyway. You know they're going to die anyway. Does this make it easier? I don't know. Or like to know they're not going to suffer, but oh my gosh. You know, they spent, it was interesting to me, um, the stories that got a lot of time. Yeah, that's you know, true. It seemed like that got a whole big chunk of the story talking about that theme park and experience uh-huh. at the theme park. And then once the book kind of got going into other stories, it felt like clipped. Like they kind yeah, of their stories were, were kind of cut short. Yeah. But that one was a large part of it. And it was I, a big part. I liked that. That yes, was maybe I followed one that of my easier. favorite ones because I was following it. It was very visual because that's something you can see. And it really made me think. Like, I really considered, like, what would I do for my loved ones? How yes. would I handle this awful time in the world? I don't know. Would you take your child to the park? And then funeral hotels? Oh, my gosh. Where they put everyone up? Yeah. And you're all just, it's like a full service death experience? Yeah. Well, that one lady who had her... Body turned into like an ice sculpture <laughs> yeah. of a boat that sailed out. Like, what in the world? Who thinks of this stuff? So creepy. I mean, it is beyond what my brain could ever even like. If you were to add a short story to this, Sarah, this would be like a super fun writing class assignment to then you write a chapter. Yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's see your short stories. I want to read those. Honestly, I that's want, such a good like, idea. Like creative writing. Yeah. I just kept thinking like, okay, what's happening now in that section? I'm jumping all around. Sorry about that. No, that's but this book. But in that section, like this woman plant spent so much of her living life planning her death memorial, which was not a long period of time, right? Like it probably right. took- 15, 20 minutes for her to melt, to sell out and melt, right? And people left once she melted. Once she melted. And I just thought, you is that 
what I want to do with my time in the, alive. Is, is plan your funeral? Yeah, is just think no. about what it's like when I'm dead. No, because I'm gone. I felt like yeah. death became very glorified. Like that became yeah. the importance of our life is how you died. Well, because the focus is so much on death. Right now, how much do you spend of your life focusing on death? Not much. Not much. Like it's inevitable. We're all sure. going to be there. Yeah. But I don't think about it daily. No. But in this plague era, everybody is, it's such a part of their lives. Like you're going to so-and-so's funeral or just funeral after funeral. Yeah, that's true. And it, it really probably, if so many people are dying and they're you're attending so many funerals, how important does a funeral become? It's almost become? like a wedding. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you get this one big to-do to show people who you are. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's very seldom, thank goodness, that I go to a funeral. Yeah. But if you were going to them weekly, the importance of it probably lessens. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, another funeral. Oh, yeah, another person so died. She's, so it Blah. becomes important yeah. to do something to make it so matter. So to make it stand out from the others. Yeah. Kind That's of. That's an interesting thought. I just kind of was like thinking about, cause she had a lot of, ta- I mean, they talked about her tattoos and like how every tattoo had meaning for her and represented something from her life and that she wanted, you know, she had her skin grafted, right? Like they took her skin Onto off her tattoos boat. to like, what? It, it's a little morbid. Yeah. Which I kind of like <laughs> to tell you the <laughs> truth, but also I'm thinking like, it's melting. What's happening to her? It's melting with the... I think it dissolved. It just dissolved as it melted. I got the impression that everything dissolved. Because like when he described it going down, he was like, I wonder if that is her, if it's that. You know what I mean? Like he was like describing parts of her. Anyway, it was just kind of a weird section. But also, it really made me think like, is that what I want my death to look like? Is that like what I want to be focused on? Right. And why? What brings you to a point that it becomes your main focus? Well, death. Like a mass death. Like when we, I think about this often, like when I, when, when it is my time to go. And when I say often, not daily, but when I think about death, I think, will I, who knows? Nobody knows. We don't know how we're going to die. If no. I'm dying from an illness and I or real old age and I'm just exhausted, will I welcome death? Am I going to be looking forward to it? Or when I die and I know I, if I know I'm dying, am I going to be scared and not want it to come and I don't want to die. I want to stay on this earth. So those are my two thoughts. Does planning your death like that when death is, you know, they all know it's inevitable and it's coming when you, does it change your thought like, oh, I'm no longer scared or fearful or mad. Does it take away all those other feelings because you're focusing on planning? That's a good point, right? Distraction. It's a distraction. That's, that's a thought. Absolutely. Okay. I want to talk about pig son. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about I. What was his name? Snortorius P.I.G. That's right. Snortorius P.I.G. I love it so much. I love the pun of his name. Yes. I love a good pun name for animals. <laughs> Honestly, like I wanted, we just have a new puppy and I had all these different ideas. And my family is like, no, 
No pun names. <laughs> How boring. Right? And then, well, first I wanted a name of like a character from a favorite book. I wanted to name the dog Ender from oh. Ender's Game. My kids, yeah. I got they X'd out no. so many times for that. Anyway, so I love a good pun. So Snortorious P.I.G. is my favorite. That one was so good. I love that name. Okay, so just a reminder, right? This pig oh, talks. He, this is so they've done so many pig. studies on him and so many genetic. They're they're trying to grow. Like antibodies, right? The to help the virus. Organs. They're oh, trying to that's right. grow pig organs to use for transplant in humans, but at a fast rate. They want to grow these fast because so many people need them. Yes. And somewhere in this, is this right? Yes. Is somewhere in this, the genetic change of this these animals that have been like fast forwarded so quickly yes it's evolved the pigs to be able to talk because pigs are actually quite smart and yep. so we've evolved the intelligence of pigs to the point where this pig can talk and this pig oh and i i've read a lot of things where people are like i can't even talk about this chapter without crying oh i am not a tear jerker of a person so i don't cry but i love this pig so much and I don't think I cry because the pig yes. ultimately knew and gave his life. I love for that. others. Okay, so quick recap: the pig is getting recognized outside of just their little small yes. like scientist community. They tried to keep it covered, and now because he's talking like this, now is becoming a whole thing. They're treating him like a science project rather than like a, a like a an intellectual, intellectual being. being. Yes. Okay, and so. They want to take the pig away from the scientists and probably dissect it and right. study it. But it's really like his son. Like they, he takes it to his house, right? Isn't this where yes, he takes they it to his kind house? Of they like try to smuggle. Hide him. They smuggle him yeah. out of the and lab. And then ultimately, they're like, "We can't. Okay, we can't smuggle you out." But here, it kind of gives the pig a choice. Like, yeah, you can do this for humanity, right? Or well, they're just, they don't even give him a choice. They just kind of tell him, like, they're this like, we don't know what is. to do. We don't know how to help you. But this is what you were made for. Like, this is why. Yeah. We and he understands yeah. his purpose. He's like, well, if I can save some people. Then let me go. Then let me, yeah. Then that's my, if that's my purpose, then I, then I want it. to do it. Oh, there like are the kindest hearted, kind hearted pig. And it kind of reminds me, there are certain human beings in this life that come with just this empathy and genuine goodness and genuine goodness. And this snortorious PIG embeds all of that, those people on this earth. And, and I'm not saying it's bad if you're not that person, there are other positives that come from all different types of personalities. And I think there is, there's a reason we're all different that way, but the, this empathetic, person on this earth is such a needed part of our civilization. Absolutely. And that is what this pig encompasses. And it's a pig named Snortorius B.I.G. It's like, but everybody loves the pig. Yeah, I love the pig. I do too. It, that was my favorite story. I did like that part. I also liked the idea of the robot dog. Oh, I kind of feel like, because we talked about 
when we read um, Sokoya Nagamatsu's like about him in our fun facts, and it said he had yes. the robot dog, and I mentioned, well, maybe he had to get it for research, and there's a robot dog in the book. Guess yeah, what? and there you go. Robot dog in the book. It. That's why. Yeah. What did you like about that one? That one doesn't stand out to me as much. Okay, well, I just like the idea that like you have this, I mean, robot or whatever, like m- and and the ability to record like messages from your yes, loved ones, like yes. the dog recorded the song, the song now that his that mom saying, was okay. singing, and I in I her just, voice, in right? her voice. Oh yeah, I really, really did sweet. love that, and like so, people were attached to these robots, which obviously it's not the robot that they're attached no, to; it's the, the memories memory. that they hold, and I just loved that. I thought if I could have like something from my grandpa who's passed, right? Like mm-hmm. to hear his rough voice. Yes. Like, I, I don't think there's a better gift. I agree. There's just such a memory there when you hear someone's voice who is gone. Yeah. I'm so grateful. We now have the technology to record. Yes. That people in the past have not had. It also reminds me, this is, this makes me so sad. My daughter, when she was a baby. So every year I buy my kids an ornament that reminds us of that year in their life. Okay. So like the year we taught Bennett sign language, his ornament that year is a sign language. It has signs on it anyway. So kind of like momentum things, the year they started playing the piano, the year, you know, just blah, blah, blah. I love it. What they were into that year. Well, Ava's first ornament, not her first one, but for the second year, her very first laughter. So it's a recordable ornament. And we recorded her laughing on it. Oh my gosh. Which is my favorite thing. So every year when we would pull that out, we'd hit play and we hear Ava laughing. And it is the cutest thing. I love it so much. Don't tell me you lost the recording. It got erased. (gasps) Somebody pushed the button and it got erased. You break the button. I should have done something to break the button because there was like a lock on it. So you could lock it. So it wouldn't be erased, but little kids touching or bad. I don't, it makes me so sad that I lost that little giggle of my baby who has now just turned 13. Every year I pull it out and I see it because it's a picture frame. It has her picture in it and you could push the button and she'd giggle. No, it's just the picture frame now. Oh, see what I mean? Like there is something about it. And that's what happened to these people in the book. Yeah. Like these robots got worn out. And then it's And they couldn't like replay the sounds anymore. And I just was like, that is devastating. Yeah. Sometimes you would do anything and pay anything to, to get that back. Yeah. Like it's, when yeah. all hope is lost, it's like you do reach for the stars in right. those situations. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one too. I know. I like that one. Um, let's talk Teresa at the end. Yes. And the connections okay. that we came to there. Okay. Unless there's I like another this. one in there you want to talk about. No, I think the ones that stood out to me, we did. Um, so... The very end, like the last chapters of the book, they have created a spaceship. They're going to travel through time to go find another world. They don't know how long it'll take them. They don't know where they're going. There really is not a plan other than they're investigating other worlds to live on. That are, yeah, sufficient for life. They can escape this virus sufficient for life. So they're stopping on worlds, testing the readings. Nope, this place doesn't work. They move on. They have no idea how long this journey is going to be. Most people stay in hypersleep. Only a few people are waking up to check on the 
planets that they land on. Right. And we've got... Teresa. Teresa. So, Teresa is... Well, she's the, an artist, we know. Yeah. And she, she is painting pictures. the walls of all the of planets the that they stop on and of places from home. Right? Memories yes, from memories home. memories from home. Okay. But she is... Is she the grandmother? She's got her granddaughter with she's her on the her ship. She's got her granddaughter with her. On the ship. And I got really confused. I've... It took me talking this out with Sarah quite a bit before I have an idea of what's really going on. My initial thought was that this was the granddaughter was the daughter of Clara, the scientist who died at the beginning. So I thought Teresa was Clara's mom and she had Clara's daughter on the ship with her. So in talking it over and reading some different things, that was Miki. Miki was the mom, but are we jumping here? Do you want to talk no. anything else before we go here? No, this is good. We're trying. We're making connections. And going back, it is. It was not. It was Miki and Cliff were Clara's adopt. They adopted Clara. Yes. So they were the adoptive parents yes. of Clara, and that was Miki, not Teresa. Right. So I was just like. Miki was such a small part at the beginning of the book. So I just small. made this connection that, oh, this is Miki and the granddaughter, and they're leaving this earth. But no, Teresa and Teresa's granddaughter. Yes. Okay, so I have some questions about okay. that. But Thoughts. first, she starts to tell us stories okay. of her past, right? And we right. now are seeing the story from her point of view, Teresa's point of view. Uh-huh. And we find out... The Teresa's not just a grandmother from Earth taking her daughter on this space exploration. Right. She is from another planet and came to the Earth and made like millennia ago and like created life basically. Right. And she's relived in many different she, like, lives. She dies and comes back somewhere else. Yeah. Like reincarnation? I don't know that or if she like or fakes she her death. And then moves somewhere else. She's eternal. Then. Yes. So she has she never dies, but fakes her death and moves on to the next place. So she's going on forever. Yeah. Cause she Teresa. says, she's like, I've gotten old many times. And then she okay. goes somewhere else and like starts over again. And this time on this ship, which has been going on for like 60,000 years like into her. the future, right? I don't know. It's taken. I don't know. Uh, the it, time portion of it was like, I don't know what is, year. Right. So how long. this ship is out there trying to find another place, not even knowing if the virus is still living on the earth or if they've discovered a cure or treatment. Yes. They have no idea. So they took the chance of leaving earth to find this other place, knowing it might take a long time, which it does. It's going on and it's like, 40 years are passing because they're getting 60, messages and 6, they're like, uh, when they wake up at the next yeah. planet, like, they received the messages, the messages that were sent. Of what's but going on, on? It's years and years, years and, years and years and years and years. Yeah, in the future, they're like, I don't even know A if that lot. person is still alive. Yeah. So that's how crazy it is. Boom! My right? brain is blowing up at trying to figure this all out. And she talks about like the green, the purple pendant. Oh, the purple pendant that she has that she carries with her from home. And Clara had that's Cliff was looking for her purple pendant in her belongings when he got. To Antarctica or wherever they were. Yeah. 
Because that would show that it was a piece of her, right? He wanted that piece of her. She always wore it. And yet it's not in her belongings or on her body. Which makes me think she didn't actually die. Die. Because this is what we've decided. We've kind of been talking about this, right? Yeah. We think Teresa, because Teresa also talks about before she came to Earth, leaving behind her husband and child. Yes. And with the hope that one day when her child was old enough, she could travel and see the world her mother created. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we think that was Clara. Her, it's Clara. Is the space person, space daughter. That was left behind, who was then adopted right. by Cliff and Miki. Yeah. And but here's my question. In the end, is the granddaughter on the ship with Teresa? I don't know. Or is Teresa? The granddaughter? No. Here's what I'm thinking. Are you saying Clara's her daughter? I think Teresa is her so you- is Clara's mom. So Teresa, we know Clara's mom. made the world yeah. and like did all these things. But I think Clara is her daughter from space that finally yes. joined her here joined on Earth. But maybe they never met. Earth. I don't know if they ever met. Here's my other question. So is okay. Question. So, I'm holding on to this thought. Yeah, hold it. So Teresa. Like, was lonely and ended up um, having a family with the caveman, right? Right. And she has a baby daughter who she loved, and she has this new family, and she loves this daughter. And the daughter gets sick and died, and that's when she realizes that when she procreates with humans, it it creates that sickness. That's the whole sickness. That's the virus. Yeah. So she knew she had to burn everything down, right? Okay. And she traps the sickness. So she's like, I can never do that again. But it's very lonely. Like she talks yes. about, she just can't have, because that created, that now she knows. This virus lesson learned. she can't. Yeah. Now As she knows. As we evolve and we learn these things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if that's the truth, okay. if that's what it is. Yes. Then how does she have a granddaughter? Right. One. Or how does her daughter, who is, we think, space- daughter who came to earth have a daughter that but okay i don't know (laughs) (laughs) because it's annie who has the virus is that her daughter that's like that's Teresa's very very first daughter her very first daughter and that is frozen so that the virus doesn't get out that she left her in the cave like we have i have to but as yeah. hard as she tried to save humanity, that virus still got out. Yeah. It still got out. So Clara's not, is Clara her daughter? I think Clara's her daughter, Clara but Clara, she had her. But then Clara came back and then discovered the virus that her mom had tried so hard to contain contain and releases it. So the granddaughter that's with Teresa, is that Yumi? I don't know. Her daughter? It would make People. sense. Yeah, right? Talk to me. So she takes it from Miki and Cliff, takes Yumi from Miki and Cliff? Possibly. Did Miki and Cliff die? But then does she not have the virus? Because, or did she have the... She's saved by going up in the spaceship from getting the virus. But she doesn't have the virus because she actually wasn't created by... She was created by half space person and half human. Dad. What are we thinking here? Her dad was a human. They talk about her dad. Like... Umi's Are dad. we on the wrong path then? I don't know. Or is this, this is the thing. Like, 
This is the it's mystery confusing. of sci-fi is sometimes yes. we don't get the answers and we create our own. But yes. now I want to talk about it with more people yeah. to see what your thoughts are on this. Did you? Are we like going way down a wrong road? Did Are we making something up or did we miss something? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to know what everybody else I thinks. I do too. So anyway. Okay. And then I would get thoughts and feel, this is like... <laughs> When I took physics this in high school, I feel like me and physics, no, this is not a good combination. I feel like my brain would get in the idea of whatever was being taught and then it would slip out. Like it would, I would lose the idea and then it wouldn't make sense all over again. And so I'd be like, wait, 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 let me hold on to that idea for a second. And then it'd be gone and none of it would make sense again. Yes. Yes. Is that, that's how I feel about this book. Like the second I, <laughs> Grab onto an idea. It's almost like stay there, stay there, stay there. And then yeah. <laughs> if I think about something else, it's gone. And then I'm lost again. Yeah. This is what my brain is with this book. Yeah. No, there was a lot. And there was a lot of different like experiences that we were being told about. Trying to get your brain into all of those different ones. And yeah. In and out of some pretty in like, what? yeah, ideas, in-depth ideas or abstract ideas in and out, just my brain. But ultimately, I, I it's so much to talk about. And it's only fun by myself with this book. Okay. It yes. was okay. I liked yes. it. I liked some stories better than others. But in coming and talking about it with other people, I'm. it's bringing so much more interest to this book to then talk about it after. Yes. Than when I was by myself I, alone with the book. I totally agree. So, what did you rate this book? That's a good question. I read it a little bit ago. Let me go see. Um, I gave it three stars. I gave it four. Okay. Because, like I'd say real, when I finished, a, I was probably like three. And as I've kept thinking about it, goes up because my brain, this is a book I probably will never forget that I've read. That's true. I might forget little aspects of it here sure. and there, but sure. my brain cannot let some of these ideas go. And I keep going back to it and reworking them. Like, Ooh. oh, no, maybe it was this. Totally. I definitely think you need to read it when you have someone you can talk to about yes. it with. This is a great book club discussion. Thank you, Sally. That was a great yes. recommendation to read and then be able to discuss it. If I had read it and it was just a book I read and I then I would walk away going, okay, that's just too weird for me. Sure. But in the discussion yes. and hearing your ideas, Sarah, and I got online and read other people's thoughts and ideas about it really was fun. Yeah, no, and it's it's fascinating this idea of like when death becomes like the main focus of our lives, what yeah. does that turn our lives into? Yeah. I think that's a really good question. And all question. the different like it if we take one of the ideas and look 100 years into the future, are we going to be there? I don't know. Is there going to be funeral hotels? Is there going to be like there are so many things now that I bet a hundred years ago, people would never have imagined. Oh, without a doubt. For, you know, the way we, the way we celebrate death or mourn death. Well, even more than that, just like 
evolving as a society in general, yeah. I feel like it's in warp speed right now. Yeah. So who knows what the future looks like? And what the possibilities of, I mean, our stable traditional ways of having a funeral right now. Like if we look at the flu of 1812, there were so many people dying. You could, you were not, you could not have a funeral for all of them. They were having mass graves, mass funerals, and just, and people were sick and couldn't attend the funerals. And through COVID, you know, there was a, a lockdown on funerals and gathering. So we were doing Zoom funerals. Like, there is going to be an evolution of how we traditionalize a death, like traditionally what yes. we do with death. Yes. And what will survive, what will change. Very interesting topic. Totally. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So fun. Fun book. So much. I think we could just, if we just Weird, different. All the different crazy. things we could talk for a really long time. Yeah. Definitely. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. Share. Email at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Rate, subscribe, share a podcast with your friends. And thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your, your book club. club.